and we are live. We are live. This is Calling Useful Idiots, the Useful Idiots call-in show that we do following our Monday mornings show. And Monday mornings uh, are our show where we watch the Sunday morning news show so that you don't have to. And we're always glad to be taking your calls, um, interacting uh, with with whatever you, you know you want us to interact with within reason. Um, so I'm here. Aaron's here. Make sure that you also subscribe to us on Substack. That's um, uh, usefulidiots.substack.com. And we have our first. Uh, nope, not yet. Wow, our, our listeners are a little bit shy today. Aaron, maybe we should try to get our parents or relatives to call in or something. Um, Please, anybody, anybody but my relatives. Uh, okay, anybody but your relatives. All right. Well, you know what? From our lips to God's ears, we got Rena. Uh, Rena, welcome. Uh, unmute yourself by hitting the. There you go. Is it Rena or Rena? It's Rena. Rena. Okay. Uh, welcome, Rena. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Aaron. Uh, good morning, Katie. It was a show you missed um, that that Aaron did with Kate Willett, I believe is, is yep, her Kate name. Willett, yeah. Uh, but I have been officially designated the Nebraska correspondent, and by Aaron. So speaking as the Nebraska correspondent, I want to give you a brief update as to the status of Liz Cheney in her reelection bid in Wyoming. Uh, I happen to live at, at the western end of Nebraska, so I'm close to Wyoming. And I'm I so sorry to- about that. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, you're I- Cheney land adjacent. Uh, adjacent only, yes. Uh, did you know that Dick Cheney was actually born in Nebraska? We're not proud of it no. here, but it's the truth. Uh, anyway, I had friends who were driving through Wyoming a couple of times recently and saw some very uh, graphic representations of sentiments in Wyoming uh, toward Liz Cheney, including a very large billboard that had been hand-painted. Uh, whatever had been on the billboard had been painted over and then it had been hand painted uh, F word Liz, uh, very large, very prominent, right on right on Interstate 25 apparently. And uh, most of the signage said something like "Replace Liz," uh, you know, like yard sign uh, level stuff. But there was that one giant billboard that said that. So uh, anecdotal evidence only. No polling out that I'm aware of, but I do believe Liz is toast. And if that's true, uh, that might possibly uh, put a wrench in her Democratic presidential aspirations for 2024, hopefully. I'm being very sarcastic here. Bless you both. Thanks again. Thanks. No, that's, I mean, who knows what what reality uh, signs like that represent. I mean, sarcasm or not, I think it's a, it's good to know. So thank you for that insight. And, and I'm glad that we have a Nebraska, Nebraskan on the ground. That's very important. Uh, that's a neglected area by other shows. I don't think Pod Save America or the Lincoln Project podcast, they don't have Nebraska uh, stringers, but we do. That's one of the many things that we bring you on Useful Idiots. So thank you, thank you, Rena, for playing your part. Matan. 
Hey guys, how are you doing? Good, you? Good, good. Um, is it okay to ask you something about a uh, gun control? Actually, sure. Right, Aaron? Is it okay? Title. Yeah. I would. I want to. Don't want to consent for the both of us. Okay. All topics. All topics. Oh, welcome. Cool. Thanks. Um, so I, I just uh, after the uh, horrific uh, school shooting. Um, I've heard on the Jimmy Dore show and also Glenn Greenwald talking a bit, um, about gun control. And I just want to, wanted to hear your take on it. I come from, I live in Berlin right now, which is a city where there is not even a hint of, you know, none of that stuff. So I just wanted to hear what you think, because I heard some stuff that I was kind of like, Hmm, that's interesting. I, I didn't think Glenn or. Jimmy would say stuff like that, and uh, I have my own thoughts, but uh yeah how do you how do you see it? I mean can I ask what the things that that they said that you were surprised by were um if I got them right, uh I was surprised, so uh Glenn, I remember said that uh, and I agree he said that to him he finds it funny that uh leftists um are kind of advocating to uh Um, you know, basically uh, ban guns and then uh, what do you expect from the police to do to like, you know, just like break into people's houses and take the guns away. I think there is a different way to do it. Um, that's my, my own thought. Um, and then, yeah, also uh, on the Jimmy Dore show, I think they were talking a bit about, uh, you know, taking consideration the, uh, the argument of um, like... Uh, You know, objecting to a tyrannical tyrannical uh, government, which I think it's I find it ridiculous because, you know, if they thought this would have been a threat to them, to the elites, I mean, then they wouldn't have let the people have guns. They obviously know this is not a thing that is going to threaten them because, uh, yeah, people don't have the understanding that, you know, who's the real enemy. So we're just ending up killing each other rather than <laughs> taking over. But. Yeah, I think I actually want to have a, an intra-left debate on this on my show because I think it is an interesting debate. I tend to think that the left uh, can't really defend itself, much less um, from police violence or, or state violence or right-wing violence. Um, maybe somewhat from right-wing violence. I don't, but I, honestly, I don't think so. I think it's kind of a losing battle. Um, I think that... Uh, so I get where people are coming from with that. Um, and I know that, you know, like so many policies, uh, these things will probably impact um, uh, marginalized people the most in terms of taking away guns. But no, one's, I mean, I don't know. It's actually it's not taking away guns. It's just like making certain guns uh, less available, which I'm very much in support of. But um, yeah, yeah. One of the points was that there are so many guns right now out there, which, which I get. It's obviously right. understandable. Like, you can't really... But but then... Yeah, I don't know. Like, all these shooters, you know, these are kids that, obviously, if you make guns, uh, uh, like, um, unavailable to the wider public. On, on I think Glenn said that, you know, it's like... Um, um, making drugs illegal, then you can get them at the black market. But I, I don't think an 18-year-old uh, could just step up at the black market and buy a gun because, A, the price would be so much more higher than it is right now. 
and B, they wouldn't like to mess with a with a mentally ill kid that they probably guess want to go to a school and shoot everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think that's like that's the only thing that has to be done about it, but it's certainly like a step. I don't know. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. But I do think yeah, that's a really important question. Again, I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, if you have any suggestions, guys, for people who'd be good, I'm trying to think of people who'd be good to debate this. Mm-hmm. Let me know. Um, right. I want. I'm looking for a good leftist, more pro. So not J- the Jimmy or Glenn perspective, because I have people for that. But the other perspective, the more traditionally uh, uh, limiting certain weapons, banning certain weapons. So yeah. let yeah. us let me know for the Katie Helper show. Okay, thanks, Matan. Thanks, have a nice day, ciao. You too, ciao. Okay, Bill. Hi, Bill. Hello, how are you you doing? Good, you? Pretty good. Um, So, I got a a couple different ways to question. So, one of the questions I had for Aaron was, uh, I was thinking about the whole Russiagate thing and um, kind of, comparing it and contrasting it in my own mind uh, with the, the thing that happened uh, prior to Nixon's election where, um, where we, you know, the FBI was investigating, actually, you know, the Lyndon Johnson campaign was investigating Nixon. Uh, well, there was a <laughs> Kissinger was tangentially involved in the um, Lyndon Johnson's campaign and was feeding information to the Nixon campaign. Cause he really didn't, he really didn't care who he worked with. He wanted to work with whoever won uh, between the, uh, well, Lyndon Johnson and then Humphrey, Humphrey's campaign. And Lyndon Johnson, of course, was, you know, negotiating. They had peace negotiations going on with um, the North Vietnamese. And sad part about it, this has all been reported, is that um, you know, they needed the assistance of the South Vietnamese. And um, they essentially uh, uh, told the South Vietnamese to, to torpedo the peace agreement. Uh, the result of which was that we spent several more years in the Vietnam war and, um, at least half the names on the, on the wall or were killed after this. And, and it was all basically, you know, a a way for the Nixon administration for the Nixon campaign to not allow, uh, any, any news that the, the war was, going to come to a peaceful end. So during that time when, when there was these back channel, you know, Halderman or, uh, was, was doing this. And then Kissinger was sending the, you know, reporting on the, the progress to Nixon and Nixon had Halderman, um, telling the South Vietnamese to torpedo the peace agreement. Um, it was all being investigated by the FBI and it's kind of an interesting parallel to the whole Russia gate thing. Um, <clears throat> Obviously, um, you wouldn't, I'm sure you wouldn't say you would object to the FBI doing what it did at that time. It would have been, I, I know Lyndon, the Lyndon Johnson campaign knew about it. Um, I'm wondering if maybe alternative history, if somehow the population at large had known, or this had been exposed in some way, maybe the 68 election would have turned out differently. So do you have any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, but the difference between that one and Trump Russia is that in '68, I mean, the collusion was real. There were efforts to basically sabotage a peace deal by uh, Nixon and Kissinger. So I wouldn't object to that. The problem with 2016 is it was fake. Do you think that Trump was engaged in a secret plot with Russia and was being blackmailed with P-tapes? Or was that all a fiction <laughs> concocted by his opponents? You know, so there's a big difference. I don't. So, you know, there's there's levels of fake. There's levels of, of there there. I think what um, what in my opinion happened is that um, like a lot of things with Trump, it's not a conspiracy. He's, he says in plain view what he's thinking and what he's what he wants. Um, I think he wanted um, elements of of Russia's intelligence to hack emails. And they did hack, to my understanding, they hacked both the DNC. I mean, I know there's not proof to you the level that you want, Aaron, but I think they did. There, you know, there was hacking of the DNC emails or was hackings of the RNC emails. And, and um, they found their way to WikiLeaks and they got released within several hours after the, um, um, the Hollywood tape was released, you know, the, um, so I don't think there has to be collusion. I, I think there's the level of collusion was just simply out front for everyone to see. Um, but the FBI you. didn't. Yeah, yeah. The FBI Look. didn't know that. The FBI didn't know that, you know, what what the extent of it was. And there was an investigation. And the investigation, uh, yeah. you know, the investigation um, was uh, poorly handled in a lot of ways. Um, but there was a little bit of there there. Um, well, if you thanks. define there by being Trump saying in a press conference, Russia, if you're listening, <laughs> you know, pl- you know, but I don't think that merits a sprawling counterintelligence investigation of Trump and his campaign for being Russian assets. And on that mm-hmm. front, there was nothing. They had absolutely nothing. And that whole conspiracy theory came from the Clinton campaign. That's where it started. It started with the Steele dossier and the FBI claims still the Steele dossier didn't influence its investigation, which it, it just, uh, which is bunk for a lot of reasons, including that FBI agents got the Steele dossier before they officially opened up the Trump Russia investigation. The basis for the Trump Russia investigation officially is so vague and so thin. It's a suggestion of a suggestion that was given to this low level mm-hmm. Trump campaign volunteer, George Papadopoulos. We're supposed mm-hmm. to believe that that's really what prompted this massive investigation. No, they were essentially taking what the Clinton campaign was generating and using that for investigative leads and for surveillance warrants. And on the question of Russian hacking, look, I, we don't have to get into it now. It's too it's too long a topic for this space. But I don't think Russia did it at this point. At first, I was w- willing to believe it. But based on everything that we found, uh, the, the key role of CrowdStrike, which just like Christopher Steele was working for the Hillary Clinton campaign, the fact that CrowdStrike admitted under oath they have no evidence that anything was actually stolen from the servers, all the holes in the Mueller report that I've written about a lot, I, I don't think the evidence is there. And so, look, I think this whole thing was a giant scam. I think it's as ridiculous as as Trump's uh, Stop the Steal thing. That was a complete fiction. Trump made up stories about voting machines being compromised by Venezuela and China. <laughs> I mean, everyone hears that and recognizes that to be crazy. 
it's just as crazy to think that Trump was controlled by Vladimir Putin, who was blackmailing him with a P-tape. That's nuts. But that was the basis for the scandal that went on for a lot longer than than Stop the Steal went on for. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, I, I you know, I don't believe that at this point we can see. I, what I was trying to say is just simply is that there, you know, we have history. There was also the Reagan October surprise. You know, there was Manafort. There was, um, you know, the the contacts. You know, so these things are that you know he obviously was was representing other governments um, illegally, and um, so there's a lot of there's. It's not all simply was there um, a conspiracy. Uh, there was enough. The, the FBI had to do some due diligence as far as some investigation. I think, and the reason no, why they didn't. No, I'm sorry, Bill. Uh, listen. Yeah. They didn't. The The basis for an investigation has to be something tangible. And the allegation was that there was a conspiracy between Trump and Russia and the Russian government. OK, that's a pretty extraordinary claim. And to, to even go there, you have to have some strong evidence. And they had nothing. Yes, they did finally convict Paul Manafort on some tax fraud and lobbying charges. OK, that had nothing to do with any conspiracy between Trump and Russia. Zero. The judges in the case in both of his cases, said that openly in court. Um, and there was so much done to try to make the FBI look credible, but all of it was spin. I mean, this thing starts with a scam. Uh, there's like, either you think the Christopher Steele and the Clinton campaign were remarkably prescient in coming up with this dossier alleging a, a massive Trump-Russia conspiracy, or you think they were coming up with a scam because it's one or the other. It's like, if you think that there was something to the Russia investigation, that means that you think that when Christopher Steele sat down at his desk and whoever he worked with, I'm sure it wasn't just him, and invented all this stuff about a, the P-tapes and a Trump-Russia plot. So even though they got all the details wrong, like the P-tape didn't exist, obviously. We all admit that now. Somehow still he was onto something. I mean, it's a joke. This was a scam from the start, and that's the reason why it ended in colossal failure is because you can't you know, based an investigation and a scandal on a scam, it just eventually it's going to crash down. And that's what happened. But look, we have a lot of other callers. So let's, we're going to move on. But Bill, we appreciate your, your dialogue with us um, as always. So thank you for calling in. Very much. Okay. Thank you. Take Thanks, care. Bill. Okay. Kate. Love, love that uh, I, dialogue. Change ideas. Great. Okay. Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi. Um, it was another great show. Um, always great way to experience the Monday morning shows. Wouldn't want to have to listen to them uh, or listen to the Sunday morning shows. Sorry. Um, but I guess I was just wondering if you have any thoughts on like, I guess it seems to me like it's so obvious that Trump did sort of incite, I guess, a riot, maybe not in some legal definition, but at least like to the extent that the public's going to care. I think the public would genuinely blame him for inciting a riot, but they seem to sort of over overcharge this as like who it's a coup or an insurrection and i guess is that just democrats being hysterical or i guess i'm kind of wondering if they weren't sort of a victim of the sort of misinformation by the media at the start of this where they talked about like zip ties having been brought to the capitol but it turned out they were just um taken away from the police who were trying to arrest the rioters and then like 
they oh, they put that. out that picture of the they put out that picture of the noose, but it's really just a like it's not a full size like noose from like real scaffolding that could have like hung someone. And then like I don't know, like I remember being shocked when I found out that like the rioters, like because I mean these are these are right wing riot rioters who came to the Capitol. They had guns. They left them behind outside of the Capitol, and because they didn't, they knew there'd be big charges if they committed a federal crime by bringing a gun into the building. Like there were just all these things that made it absolutely clear that there was never any intent to like have some armed rebellion or like, I'm glad they finally have stopped calling it an insurrection quite as much. Um, but like they keep still keep calling it like a war zone. Um, yes. Yes. When, uh, when Max Blumenthal came back from the Capitol, he was there on January 6th. And we did a live stream pretty quickly afterwards, maybe even that day. And he said that basically this was the Ku Klux Clowns who did this on January 6th. I thought that was a really good term, the Ku Klux Clowns. Yes, these were like a a lot of racist, demented people who really believed... Auschwitz sweatshirt, one of them. Who really believed that the election was stolen from them. But this idea that these people were like capable of carrying off a carrying out a coup is just a joke. Like you're going up against the most militarized police force in the world. Uh, and you think that somehow you're going to overthrow the government with the people that were uh, there on January 6th, who were, I think pretty much entirely unarmed. I don't think anybody was even arrested for a gun for gun possession. I, I could be wrong and I'll, I'll correct that if I am, but it's like, this was a, um, this was a riot and yes, Trump did incite it. And he should be held accountable for it. But he was. He was impeached for it. The idea that this was somehow capable of overthrowing the government is such a joke. And it's funny to see people pretend pretend that. Trump did some reckless, crazy things. Um, and, yeah, I think you could totally say he incited a riot. But that's a lot different than saying he was taking part in, an, in a coup and that this was a coup attempt. I don't think you can say that with any seriousness, especially given, yeah, as you say, the, the thing about the noose and the, and the zip t- and the zip ties, like all that was used initially as evidence. Like there's a picture of someone carrying some, some zip ties. And that was like, that was spread around media and said to be this huge thing, but it's really, these are just chumps who are kind of role playing. They're cosplaying. It's like, you, like, you know how there, there's like the, the crew of people who dress up in like medieval costumes and, or as like civil war, yeah, sort of Renaissance fair type. Yeah, thing. It, it's like to me, this was a similar thing. Like there were guys that was like like they were larping. There were guys that was walkie talkies. They're sort of living out this fantasy of being in uh, being in the, of being in an insurrection, maybe. But does that mean we have to take that fantasy seriously? I don't think so. Yeah, and I guess I just I'm not even sure if the Democrats had really had time to like think it out that they would have picked to commit to like this like it's an insurrection, it's a coup thing. I mean, I guess maybe they would have just for the attention and stuff. But I guess I feel like all those initial reports, like also the reports about the like cop being beat to death with a fire extinguisher, turned out to be you know completely false. No fire extinguisher, no beating. Died later, probably related to the stress of it, but uh, you know the whole thing, but. But I just don't, I, I don't know. I guess I wonder if it hadn't been for all those like false, just flagrant misinformation just trumpeted out by CNN and MSNBC, uh, if like these politicians maybe wouldn't have, you know, quite committed to saying like the words coup and insurrection, which they felt like they have to like stick by now. And they could have just, you know, they could have just sort of went on after Trump on sort of a law and order type message 
Like, you know, like you, you claim to be the president of law and order and you just incited a riot. Um, you know, I, it just seems like they could have just sort of tried to address it, you know, more level-headedly. Um, but I guess I'm not sure if, if, if that's, if I'm giving like the legislatures too much credit by saying the media sort of trapped them um, or not, but yeah. Yeah. All good points. Kate, thanks a lot for the call. Yeah. Have a nice day. Thanks, Kate. Bringing the receipts. Hey, hi. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, thank you. That was a wonderful show, and thank you for having me on. Um, I uh, taking the call. I'm a first time caller. Um, I I wanted to ask a question about sort of the ways in which this this kind of veers away from the January sixth part of it, but stays with sort of this idea of. Uh, uh, a certain kind of a media cycle that sort of colonizes the American brain. <laughs> and, um, you know, back in November, it appeared as if there was some kind of um, momentum towards sort of thinking about climate change as not simply that thing that those weirdos or environmentalists do in the corner, or Greta Thunberg does in the corner, but as a kind of an existential problem. And then we have sort of January 6th and we have uh, these hearings or or the Russia uh, war, which has sort of led us to all sorts of um, uh, speculation over sort of oil prices. How do we how do we get more oil? Do we talk to Saudi Arabia, sort of this draconian (laughs) uh, government that sort of we had cold shouldered earlier? How do we sort of uh, uh, arrest the uh, the the hikes in oil prices and and suddenly sort of the whole attention span sort of whatever momentum or not right both critical as well as real um, momentum we were sort of gaining in terms of sort of thinking about the climate crisis as a human existential encompassing crisis is sort of completely dissipated and what we have here is preoccupations over cheaper oil. And, and and that leads me sort of uh, to sort of even these, these January 6th um, hearings as sort of just another way in which sort of you distract from or sort of to, uh, to sort of temporalize uh, short-term memory, sort of uh, what actually is important to think about, right? So it doesn't even matter if the January 6th people were sort of... Um, doing a coup or not doing the coup, we're all going to hell in a handbasket anyway. Not going to have been in if you're sort of from the darker corners of the earth. And so sort of we're already there. So who cares, man? Like <laughs> we're, we're in an existential crisis and that's where the attention needs to be. Not in sort of um, uh, cozying up to sort of Saudi Arabia or whatever, but sort of to, to take drastic measures here and now. And I feel like a lot of these things are, are, are sort of orchestrated to colonize the American mind so that the only way the American mind responds to uh, emergency, it, it, it turns a crisis into an emergency. And in that moment, the American mind uh, searches for quick fixes. And often those quick fixes look like like the barrel of a gun, right? So so I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on sort of the relationship between sort of uh, the um, the great civilizational impulse to solve problems with the gun and sort of this, this idea of um, 
taking attention away from larger problems that build up towards smaller non-problems so that things do lead to a crunch in which one has to fight or flight. And then of course we fight. I hope that made sense. So could you just put your question, sorry, in like one, I mean, I was, I was following and a lot of interesting points, but so what is your, can you just repeat your question, like uh, crystallize it? Well, my question is sort of the relationship between the impulse to solve problems through violence and uh, the how sort of the media scape uh, as a virtual kind of a reality that, that posits a certain kind of a virtual reality that is not in step with actual existing nature of material historical crisis, how there's a relationship between the American civilizational impulse to solve problems at every scale with violence and this this cycle of sort of uh, training the American attention span and, and, and focusing it in, into sort of these smaller temporal zones rather than thinking about larger existential problems. Th th does that make sense? Uh, I think so. It's, uh, I'm, I mean, solving problems with violence as opposed to getting to the deeper levels of why these things are happening. Yes. Um, I think that that's definitely an issue. That's something that we see happening. Um, but I guess I, I think that that assumes more goodwill or good faith, I should say, on the part of Empire that they're interested in solving these problems. I don't think that they are. I don't think that there's a peace, a peace embracing impulse or peace loving impulse or whatever you want to call it. So it makes sense to me that they're not interested in getting to the root of these problems. Does that make sense? It, it does at a certain level. I guess I guess maybe sort of I, I feel like I, I'm also responding to a lot of the other <laughs> callers. But but let me put it this way. What does it mean if we can sort of really just like and, and this is the coming from sort of a fan and like a like an ally, all of those things. Right. Uh, what does it mean for us here and now? Right. Uh, to say spend our time thinking about sort of the the relative aspects of sort of what the January 6th uh, not, not sort of, why, why does it matter, right? Like, why is, this, why is that something we're talking about when, say, for instance, you know, famine in Yemen, sort of uh, Bangladesh I... losing, say, 14 feet of, 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 of land, Maldives will not exist, Marshall Islands. When, when yeah. all of that is happening, who cares about January 6th? Let them, like, you know, like, they should right. go to hell, right? <laughs> whether they are culpable, yeah. or whether they're LARPers or not, right? There's, right. there's like, a scale to the problem. Right. It, and it our, matters because... on the left are also colonized, sort of. Yes, sorry, yes. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it matters to elites because, you know, you're... If you're a president, right? Like, like if you're Trump, you, you, like, like, you're allowed to steal from lower-income people to give to the wealthy. That was his tax cut. You're allowed to support, you know, Saudi mass murder in Yemen and uh, you're allowed to overthrow Venezuela's government or try to overthrow it. All those things are great. What you're not allowed to do, though, is attack, is attack another faction of the elite. So Nixon, so, so, Nixon, so, so Nixon committed all these horrible atrocities. Like 
He committed mass murder in Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, horrible things. But he was impeached because he went after another faction of the elite with Watergate. And so that's that's what you really cannot do. And, and when you do that, like Trump did with Stop the Steal, I mean, that has to be held. He has to be held accountable because you can't do that. Like you can attack vulnerable people at home and around the world, but you can't attack another faction of the elite. And the added bonus is by keeping the focus on this inter-elite drama, you're avoiding scrutiny of all the other horrible things that both parties do. You know, So it works beautifully for them to have them focused on things like January 6th because it threatens nobody with any real power except for Trump personally. But they want Trump out anyway because he's an embarrassment to the globe, you know, like, 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 like the U S hegemon, he's, he's too honest and he blurts out the truth sometimes. And he's just such a, he's a buffoon. So it's, it works so beautifully for them to have everyone's attention focused on this. But correct me if I'm wrong. I think the question is why you and I care about it. Is that right? Like why we're focusing on it on the left instead of just ignoring it? A, is that your question? Yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah. not you and Aaron, just like, you know, all of us. Oh, all of us on the left. We're, we, sort of, we're, we're making, know, why don't we just like, making... snap our fingers and, hey, pay attention here? Yeah. You, know? like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, look, I've, um, look, I mean, today we're, we're, we're covering it because that's what the Sunday shows were. You know, it was like just nonstop January 6th, and we were trying to cover it with a critical eye. No, no, absolutely, right. and 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 I appreciate that 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 work because sort of you know so that we don't have to go through that trauma, <laughs> but but also sort of you know in covering that sort of I I'm just thinking sort of in this in this metaverse right not not in a critical sense but sort of like just thinking about well they win they win if they make us talk about this why can't we snap our fingers at them and say hey listen I know you're trying to distract me with this whole Russia bullshit I know you're trying to distract me with this January six bullshit hey listen. Climate change. Let's get back to the topic. Focus, boy. Focus. Focus. You know, like, like, why can't we do that? You know, and maybe, maybe there's a way in which we on the left have to sort of perhaps come down to sort of to, to understand what are the the larger crises that right. uh, that we have to address. I got gotcha. you. Listen, uh, amen to all that. I totally agree. I totally agree. And it's a great um, point to keep raising. Especially, sorry. sorry, sorry. Yeah, I think it's a great point to keep raising, especially as January sixth madness rolls on because it's not going away. Right. I think that in this exactly. specific example, like this is literally what our show was set up to do Monday mornings. And I think that I mean, in in our not, I don't want to say in our defense, but in defense of people who are critiquing the coverage of January sixth, um, I think that part of the goal is to show how. Um, ridiculously obsessed the media is and like I learned stuff just from Cade for instance today on this call on um, but I think that it, you're right that the point of this is to say that there are more important things like the dangerous climate change that we're seeing or war here or famine there so what we try to do on useful idiots is we try to do both I mean not to sound too mm-hmm. self-grandizing mm-hmm. but you know we when we have guests on we try to have on guests who are talking about these things and we will totally, continue. Totally. Right, right. So listen, thank thanks you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Amanda. Good morning. Morning. I appreciate what you guys do. Um, uh, that's the first thing I want to say. I really appreciate <laughs> what you guys do. Um, I think there, the, the, one of the things um, 
Aaron, you said that democracy isn't just voting and that it's participating in your own governance, which immediately made me think, well, why people? Why are people not participating? Well, part of it is a lot of the people who aren't participating can't afford it. They're too focused on their four jobs they have to have to pay their rent. And maybe a UBI would help us be a better democracy because people could start focusing more, even just locally, about what's going on, never mind what's happening federally and internationally regarding war, which I completely am on your side, Aaron, regarding we need to stop all of this ridiculous militarism and war going on all over the world when we can't even handle our own country. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, that's fine. I was just saying that that's fine too. I'm, I'm, I'm siding with you. Um, and so, so one of the things that, you know, I ran for office in 2012 and, and was elected. And, and one of the things that I, early on in my campaign, I was saying to one of my main strategists, you know, a friend, not somebody I paid, um, you know, I'm going to do this so that nobody else has to think about it, right? So you don't want to think about all this local water fights and all this stuff. I'll do it so you don't have to. And she said, that's the wrong message to be giving. You want people to be participating in democracy. And that, it completely changed the way that I was looking at how I did my job as an elected official. So um, one of the things that that I also that I also hear happening is the media keeps going into all this intrigue and all the soap operas and motivations proposed, you know, supposed motivations of all of these personalities, but they're not talking about what the previous caller was just saying about what's the main story, what are the implications, what does it mean for a, an American to see this happening? That it's not just some entertainment soap opera. Because a lot of times that's what I feel is going on. So that's what I have to say this morning. I'd like to hear more from you and what the rest of the listeners have to say. Look, I totally agree. Um, I don't have much more to add. I totally agree. The uh, We're not focused on the issues that really impact our lives and we're not given a say in the issues that impact our lives. And instead we're supposed to believe that Everything is just about protecting um, the integrity of elections that happen every single four years. And it's just, it's not just about that. Democracy is a lot bigger than that. And all this is geared towards keeping our, our eye off the ball. And a lot of people are, you know, successfully fooled into thinking that it's just all about, it's all about elections. It's all about January 6th. It's all about you know, before that, the Mueller investigation. I mean, the like one of the most depressing phenomenon f- phenomena that I can recall politically was when, after the midterm elections in 2018, like thousands of tens of thousands of liberals rallied across the country to save the job of Jeff Sessions because Jeff Sessions got fired, and then this was you know MSNBC Rachel Maddow was saying this is going to threaten. The Mueller investigation, that this was going to threaten the Mueller investigation. And uh, so we had to rally to save Jeff Sessions' job. And it's like, this is what liberalism has been reduced to. Like, not 
rallying against Trump's tax cuts and all the other horrible things he did, but rallying to save Jeff Sessions' job. It's like, it's a such a victory for people who want to, for elites who want to displace regular people from political life to get them to, one of their biggest fixations and causes is saving the job of Jeff Sessions. It's, um, that's where it's come to. And it's, uh, I don't know how to overcome it, but, you know, one way is to spread accurate information, and that's what we're trying to do. So, Amanda, thanks for the call. We're going to take Sam next. Hey, guys. Hope your Monday is going great. Thanks, Sam. You too. Uh, Well, you know, it's always a good Monday when I'm watching you guys, and I'm always laughing. I I still think if if you're open to suggestions about, like, an intro to the show, I feel like you could you could take from King of the Hill when he said uh, I forget what what it was leading up to, but he said this is you could refer to the Monday more like the Sunday talk shows as quote the uh, feces that's produced when shame eats too much stupidity, and then you go from there. But you know, <laughs> feel free to take it or not. Um, I just want to say I, I when you were talking about I forgot who it was that made the comment. It was about like oh this only happens in third world countries. I don't know if you guys remember Jake Tapper at the time had tweeted out. This is something you would see in Colombia, and then people corrected him and said, uh, "I think it was a, a journalist in Colombia who said, yeah, this hasn't happened for us in like a hundred years, so I don't know where you're getting this from.'" And he, of course, had to delete it. For me, I found the whole thing as crazy as it was. I found it somewhat comical, in a morbid sense, because, like I said, if this was a government that we didn't like, it, it didn't matter if these guys had horns on their head. It didn't matter if there was nooses that were built to scale or not, we would have called them rebels and freedom fighters and bringing democracy to the nation. So it always made me laugh when the main, when the media was like, I can't believe this could happen. Could you imagine if Russia was paying behind this? I'm like, no, I, I couldn't imagine if it was a foreign government paying people to overthrow a government. I, I would never imagine somebody doing something so absurd. But uh, I would love personally to see a show between <laughs> Adam Schiff and Rachel Maddow and just watch them, you know, Find Russia and everything from their morning cereal to the the shadow in in the in the mirror. Anyway, I just wanted to say a great show as always, and hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday. Thanks, Thanks Sam. You too. Okay. Hi, Anthony. Unmute, please. Hey. Oh yeah, Hi. I just gotta take hey. off. I just had to take off Bluetooth real quick. Um, I just thought that clip where I didn't even know that was in the in the mix where AOC said she wouldn't endorse Joe Biden. I'm like, I, I didn't even know that was in the mix. And I think that needs a little more um, investigate, not investigating, more deep unpacking. You know what I mean? I think uh, there's some more clarity to be found in that clip. For people who care about the world and affairs and want to make it better. Sorry, which clip? Sorry, which clip? The clip um, of uh, AOC. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty, that was pretty great. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty significant. It's like, so you're, I mean, if you can't endorse the dude, like you said, you guys were funny about it. He has a vision, you know, maybe he's going crazy, but literally it's like, you're basically backing up his whole agenda right now, which is failing miserably and failing to be implemented in other areas. So why can't you endorse him if you're already endorsing his failed agenda? I don't know. It's it's funny to me. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you, Anthony. All right. Well, this has been great. Yeah. Great show, guys. Thank you for coming. If we didn't get to your questions, we will get to them next week. 
Yes, we will. And usefulidiots.substack.com uh, is where you can find us. And thanks to everybody for tuning in and joining us. Yeah. Bye, everyone.